Hello, welcome to this episode of Rethinking Education, the EDGE podcast. It's lovely to have you with us. I've got two fantastic guests, as always. Uh, with me are Judith Quinn, who is Vice Principal Curriculum and Achievement at Sunderland College. Uh, and I've got Laura McAllister, who is Head of English and Teaching and Learning uh, at UTC South Durham. So uh, we're going to be talking today about some of the exciting work uh, that led to our EDGE Future Learning uh, piece of work. Uh, and we're going to be starting in the, in the slightly sunnier climbs of Nashville. Um, Judith. It's lovely to have you with us. Thanks, Ollie, and, and it's lovely to speak to you today. Um, yes, so as a college, um, we got the opportunity back in summer 2019 to visit um, Nashville, the Academies of Nashville, and really see the practice that was going on around there, um, particularly around that um, careers focus and that teaching through the lens, and really how education, when you do something different, can make a real difference to the opportunities for all students, but also to that wider economic um, prosperity of the uh, community. So that linked very closely to sort of my role at Sunderland College to really make sure that the the skills the attitudes and the behaviors that we're providing for our young people really prepares them for that re uh, that real sort of um real world of work but also that um, life in general and um, so that was really something important for me as a college we just released our strategic plan so our um, strategic plan was really had that vision for excellence for all um, and that was making sure that we had excellence for our students our staff the stakeholders our wider community um, but also had that careers focused curriculum um, and that actually that we really were making a difference to all students um, in our college um, and making sure that they were prepared as much as possible to um, be successful in their next step, whatever that would be. Um, so hearing about and seeing what was going on in the academies of Nashville and really through this Ford um, NGL programme really aligned very closely to what we were wanting to do uh, differently as a college with our um, with our sort of opportunities for our students in the classroom. As a college, we already had really strong employer engagement and we also had really strong careers um, guidance and so on. But actually what we wanted to do is make sure that that stakeholder engagement really reached the classroom and made a difference to the, the teaching approaches that we had, but also the, the curriculum design and so on. So, so what we saw in Nashville really sort of aligned very, very closely to what we were wanting to achieve in the college as well. Sounds like perfect timing, Judith. And it was obviously lovely to have you over there. Um, in amongst the country music, we saw some kind of key uh, ingredients, key strands of, of work. And, and on one of the other podcasts, we'll include a link. Uh, we interviewed Scott and Star, two of our coaches. But tell us a little bit about the kind of community engagement and, and that point that you were just making there. Yeah, certainly. So, so they had... Um industry panels which are sort of like sustainable really two-way relationships with the um the industry and the community communities that they worked with um so again for us that really aligned to what we were wanting to do in the college again as i say we had strong employer engagement but it was making sure that we had these industry panels set up that really did inform the the curriculum um, in nashville we saw the fact that they had that wide stakeholder engagement whether that was non-profit um employers the local um you know the sort of the, the district that they would have so again for us that was making sure when we implemented our industry boards we had that wide employer engagement from the local authority from the charity sector from the student sector um, and made sure that actually um, everybody was getting their needs met from the industry panels what was what came across really strongly in Nashville is it wasn't about that 
that small ask for an employer and that continual ask for things from an educational perspective. It was very much that, that two-way relationship about actually if we get this right for our young people in the education, the fact that the, the, it will have that knock-on effect from a, a talent pool, it will have that economic prosperity and, and so on. And I think that came across really sort of strongly um, that then we've been able to sort of bring back to, um, to the northeast of England. That's fantastic. And uh, you were the very first kind of FE college to get involved in this youth. We worked with a few schools in the kind of first phase, but you were the kind of trailblazer of trailblazers. And obviously FE colleges are a lot bigger than schools. So you, you took a decision to kind of focus this initially on one uh, kind of sector, didn't you? We did. So for us, it was um, one of our key priority sectors. So key priority sectors for the region, but also for the college, which was around our health and life science uh, students. And, and Ollie, what we also did is we deliberately focused on our lower level students, which was again really important for us. I remember Scott, one of the Ford NGL coaches, asking why we wanted to be involved. And it was, and I remember saying it's because we must do something different for these students. Um, you know, something's not worked for them prior to coming to college for whatever reason. So actually, we need to really think about doing something different to make sure that all of our students, regardless of their entry point into college, do get the opportunities for that rich, sustainable employer engagement, which makes a difference to what happens in the classroom, but also their future sort of prospects um, to make sure that they can be successful. So from a, a college perspective, we, we deliberately picked our level two health and social care students to focus on. Um, and we did want to make sure that we got the, the model and the framework and the approaches right at that, um, that faculty level before we were then um, expanding it to a, to a wider college, but also to a, to a wider um, Northeast Regional um, College perspective as well. That was, that was so important to us. Now, one of the, the kind of really uh, the most visual elements uh, of kind of the process has been uh, just the amount of kind of stakeholders and, and community members kind of coming into uh, the college, either in real life before the, uh, the before the pandemic. And I know you've been doing a really good job of continuing that connection kind of virtually. Tell us a little bit about that process, because I know schools and colleges often work really closely with their community, but this was kind of taking that maybe one or two steps further. Yeah, that, that's correct. Um, so again, as part of this, we set up our industry advisory panels and we started with the, the blueprint of making sure we did the health and life sciences first. So we've set up um, an academy of excellence in health and social care in particular. Um, that was supported by our Northeast LEP with our um, industry um, alignment support officer and also involved our employer engagement team. So it wasn't just a, it wasn't just the employer engagement team liaising with the um, with the employers. It was very much curriculum leadership, strategic leadership, and also that employer engagement and that Northeast LEP input as well. That was really important. Um, and what we've done is we've um, within that industry panel, obviously we're, we're making sure that that the needs of everybody in that panel are met with all this, but also coming back to the why they're being, the why they want to be involved and, and all of the, the why is about making sure that we, we develop that whole student and provide that holistic um, view of education. So I think that keep coming back to that and then that work through how we were going to do that as a collective group was, was so important. Um, so that group's been working, reg, um, meeting regularly now. And again, that you know, attendance has been fantastic um, even through this um, the pandemic that we've been going through. And some of the aspects that then we've done subgroups within that industry panel to making sure to make sure that actually the the aims of that panel are met. So, for example, we might have a spotlight on careers 
and that would be something where um for example, if there's a, a particular employer who has a, an employment need and who knows that there's a there's a real skill shortage in that area, that would be the subgroup really work on that collectively and how they're going to address that for the future and make sure that the talent pool of students come through. There's a group working particularly on sort of that project-based learning and making sure that the employers really inform the curriculum decisions we make, so the units we teach, the, the courses that we offer, but also the teaching that happens in the classroom. And that also has been expanded into um, the employers doing co-delivery for us as well. Um, so that's been that's been absolutely amazing from a, from a success perspective. Um, and what we've done is actually that's, as I say, that's our college set blueprint now for advisory panels. And that now can expand out and has started to expand out into our other key priority areas so whether that's um, construction engineering for example the digital sector and so on um, and that that really for us was was so important get it right get the model and the process right trust it and then as i say you can then start expanding it to make sure that um that everybody's needs are met and it's very sustainable as well i think um what can happen sometimes is you start these advisory panels or you get employer engagement, but actually people change in organisations and unless you have that sustainability, all the good practice can be lost. And that that's really been sort of the, the, the blueprint that we've worked on. I love it, Judith. You, you said uh, trust the process. You're one of our catchphrases of our Ford NGL colleagues. I love it. Um, I've sat, been lucky enough to sit through a few of those processes with kind of the external uh, kind of community helping to build the profile and the graduate profile of the institution. It's always struck me uh, really strongly how few times things like exam results are mentioned and how much kind of those broader skills like resilience, communication, team working, uh, being happy, having you know good careers advice, those are all seem to be things that are really important kind of universally to, to parents, to young people themselves, to, to employers. Um, just tell us a little bit about that um, employer co-delivery that you mentioned, because that's so powerful and it's something we saw um, out in Nashville. I remember going into a home economics class out there and there was a, a guy in Chef's White's uh, teaching and I said, oh, how long have you been teaching here? And he said, oh, no, I'm the, I'm the chef from the hotel down the road. Um, so it was like a complete eye-opener for, for me but it sounds like you've managed to bring some of that magic back too. Yes yeah, certainly so one of our um, projects that we had in the start of the academic year was again for our health uh, level two students and it was around that um, that skill shortages in the health and social care sector but also the perceptions that are out there regarding um, careers in health and social care and, and, and really exploring why um, young people maybe even in school would not choose this as a route, they may choose the traditional um, medicine or um, nursing route but they won't necessarily think of that whole health and, and care sector so what we had is we had um, fantastic employers coming in both from the charity sector and um, from Alzheimer's Society but also for um, skills for care who have actually come into the classroom and delivered those bespoke sessions to our students to really bring the the curriculum to life um, and th and the approach that we used there was around that um, the product and then product that students were going to create to then be used digitally in schools because of the pandemic to really um, myth, myth bust about the, um, the careers in, in health and social care, but also the, the real sort of rewarding side and the, and the, um, the skills and attitudes and behaviours that would be needed to be successful in, in that, um, that sector as well. And because that was um, co-delivered both with our curriculum staff, but also with those, those employers, it was a really um, enriching experience for the students. And, and the students were then saying, 
you know, asking them what they particularly liked about this. Again, the students coming up with the phrases about, I can really see the relevance of what I'm learning in the classroom to what I want to do after I leave college. Um, and again, that link even with the, the, the maths and English skills, knowing that actually, um, you know, you're teaching something like English, for example, but you're relating it back to the, the careers and interests of the students really sort of um, motivates the students, but also it, it invigorates and it motivates the teaching staff as well. Obviously, they're learning at the same time as, as when you have these um, industry experts coming in who are really, you know, working on the front line in this sector as well. Fantastic, Judith. I love that point about making it relevant. And that's a really nice point to, to bring Laura in because that's really one of the kind of USPs of uh, the UTC movement. Sorry, lots of acronyms there. Um, Laura, it's great to have you with us. Um, do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about your day job and, and why the UTC is different from maybe a school or college that, that listeners might have visited? Yeah, thanks, Ollie. So as you mentioned, I'm um, head of English um, and I also lead on uh, our teaching and learning approach at UTC South Durham. Um, we're one of 48 UTCs um, across the country. We're a university technical college and we were established in September 2016. Um, we teach students from aged 14 to 19 and we were set up um, really kind of a little bit ahead, I suppose, of the Ford work in order to um, address the kind of skills shortages in engineering manufacturing um, across the region. Um, we've got quite um, a a more broadly STEM focus now. Um, so we're kind of bringing in lots of different things and we work with um, hundreds of employers um, local to us, uh, ranging from kind of SMEs right up to kind of much bigger businesses, um, including um, Hitachi and Gestamp Talent, um, who along with Sunderland University were our founding members. Um, so we've been um, working with Ford for a similar, similar length of time to, to Judith. Um, and we were kind of already working with um, employers. We already had really good engagement from them. Um, we, we were using um, our employer group um, mainly in the classroom through our industry projects, which were a really powerful way to engage young people in industry, um, but were happening, happening outside of the curriculum. So the Ford work that we've been doing really has been about um, kind of embedding that more in, in the classroom, making sure, as Judith says, really that that, that employer engagement is happening um, through the delivery of subject content as well as um, alongside the industry projects. Um, and so our student leave a profile, which is kind of model that we've created through our work with Ford, has been about kind of continuing to kind of value that academic and technical knowledge and understanding but also developing um, some core skills. So you mentioned, I think, that the idea of resilience and happiness and, and all of those things. And, and we used our um, community group to help define what, what we wanted those core skills to be. Um, we have six core skills, so communicate, organise, persevere, reflect, collaborate and respect. Um, and we've got really clear definitions that we use with staff and students um, about what you know what that means when we're, when we're talking about being able to communicate what are we actually referring to um, and we've got a set of rubrics that go along with each of those core skills so that um, teachers and, and students can measure their progress in those areas in just the same way as they would measure their progress in, in their subject learning um, and then alongside all of that we've got our professional and career experiences so we we, we were already working quite a lot with employers we were um, as I say 
kind of um, facilitating industry projects. We were doing pre-pandemic, lots of um, real life visits um, into industry. Um, during the pandemic, lots of kind of virtual visits or virtual engagement. But we really wanted to kind of start having those experiences that were uh, specific to subjects and linked to industry as well. So we've, we've kind of made that a key part of our student leader profile. Um, so yeah, we've been we've been kind of working on defining that really. That's fantastic, Laura. And um, just to kind of quick link to something else we've done in EDGE. So uh, we worked with the National Foundation for Education Research a couple of years ago now to have a look at two particular practices in university technical colleges, uh, project-based learning and employer engagement. Obviously, two things that you've mentioned there and that, that the kind of UTC movement as a whole is known for. So I'll pop a link, link to that in the show notes if people are interested in, in finding out more. Um, but I, I think it's really cool that you're, that you're leading this and that you're the head of English rather than, say, the head of uh, one of the technical subjects, because it just reinforces that that point that this is just as relevant in those kind of core subjects as it is in, in the wider uh, piece. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about kind of the, the, the projects that the students do at the UTC and how those help to build that, that full range of, of, of kind of skills from the kind of literacy numeracy through to those wider things that you're talking about in your leader profile. It's, it's really interesting, Ollie, actually, that you mentioned that because head of English in an engineering school is, is I have to say, a bit of a tough gig, actually. <laughs> um, but we... Um, yeah, with the, the industry projects, I suppose, is the, is the most um, kind of advanced area of PBL that we're, we're, we're doing at the moment. Um, so we have our employer partners that set students um, a kind of real problem or a real kind of task that they've got. Um, anything from kind of designing um, a medicine delivery device to um, kind of redesigning the internals of the train um, right across all of our different industry partners and our year 10 and our year 12 students spend 12 weeks and they have I think it I think it's about two hours a week where they work on um, developing um, a solution to that problem um, and within that they've got all sorts of different skills from um, design right through to um, kind of presentation um, the massive part of that, obviously, is, is the skill of collaborate. They've got to kind of work out how they're going to work effectively together, where everybody's skills are, what the right kind of roles are for each student within the group. Um, they've got to organise themselves. Um, we, we kind of provide quite a lot of scaffolds, particularly for our year 10 students, less so for year 12. Um, to allow them to kind of develop those skills. But um, the teacher that's, that's in the room is very much in a supervisory role there. Um, and it's a case of here's your problem and, and here's your kind of, here's your scaffold and, and let's get on and let's get this problem solved. And the pressure's on because at the end of the, the, um, at the, end of the 12 weeks, um, we, we expect them to present back to the industry partner not just the industry partner that they've been working with. We have a big exhibition where they, um, they have to kind of present to everybody um, that comes to visit. And that could be everybody from the industry partners through to parents, through to lots of other community members as well. Um, and it's, it's a really kind of interesting process to watch. You watch students who kind of flounder a little bit at the beginning, um, and then suddenly they have this um, an incredible exhibition and they're speaking really confidently um, to kind of strangers essentially um, people who um, they've, they've never met before but people who could potentially be employing them um, in the not not too distant future 
um, it's a really, really powerful thing to see. In terms of um, project-based learning practice across the curriculum, in my role as teaching and learning lead, that's something that we're, we're kind of working on, but we're kind of taking our time with really. I think there's a readiness piece in making sure that um, our teaching staff have the foundations in place from which to build effective project-based learning and to make sure that um, alongside the kind of high stakes GCSE specifications and, and A-level specifications and whatnot, um, you know, we're not kind of, we're not losing any value there. Um, so it's, it's making sure that we've got the kind of foundations in place um, but one of the things that we have been doing is making sure that the student, one of those foundations is making sure that student leader profile is embedded across um, all curriculum areas. So that's, um, we're doing that in lots of ways. Um, each of our teaching staff have um, an appraisal objective, which is directly linked to teaching and learning and to um, the, the kind of evidence of the student leader profile in the way that they deliver. Um, their curriculum and uh, we're also looking at kind of our curriculum intent and getting departments to think really really carefully about what they want to achieve through the delivery of science uh, you know what how are we going to create young scientists we're not just teaching them how to pass the science exam we want them to kind of understand the relevance of what they're learning in the real world and we want them to then be, be able to go and apply that to, to kind of wherever they go to um, once, they've, once they've left us. Um, so we're, we're kind of in the early days of the, of the project-based learning um, and embedding that in the curriculum, but it, it's, it's kind of, it's picking up pace and, and it's starting to get quite exciting. That's brilliant, Laura. I loved what you were saying about, you know, not just passing the exam, but becoming a young scientist or, or a young historian, whatever it might be in their different disciplines, becoming uh, kind of engaged and excited and, and kind of having the skills they can, they need to kind of investigate further. Um, just to pick up another word that you use, which I also love, scaffolding. So I think there's a bit of a myth about project-based learning that it's just like a bit of a free-for-all kind of summer hill in the 1960s. Everyone can go and do what they want. And of course, actually, it's really carefully organized and structured by you and your team and others who are involved to make it really clearly build towards the skills and the knowledge in your lever profile uh, even if it feels a bit more a uh, bit more fun and a bit less structured to the young people all of that is kind of there behind the scenes and it's like the the swan swimming with the legs kicking underneath the teachers are looking calm and happy on the outside but they're linking everything back to the rubrics and to the curriculum behind the scenes um, I'd like to bring it back together now and, and talk a little bit about how, how you've both taken this even further um, from kind of uh, the, the team seeing this in Nashville and starting to take the ingredients. So Judith, I know you've been working with one of our other Edge Future Learning partners, Southeast Regional College over in uh, in Belfast. And we were saying earlier that you were the kind of trailblazer of trailblazers in terms of trying to do this in, in FE, but they had some additional practice that they've been doing for a while, haven't they, in this sort of space? had and one of our key areas of focus that we had when we came back from Nashville was around that different um, teaching approach and we were looking at that project-based learning approach um, wider within um, the college but also within um, trying first with that health um, faculty as I've said. Um, obviously we came into lockdown um, and my staff were saying to me how can we do project-based learning in, in a remote delivery sort of situation so that's where um, the link with yourself um, put us in contact with Cirque who, who straight away met with us and reassured us that actually they were carrying on with project-based learning across the whole college they'd already implemented that as their, their sort of teaching approach that they had um, so what we've done is there's been a series of um, training sessions that they've been delivering all academic year um, for us um, starting off 
firstly with our curriculum managers and leaders to make sure that there was a real understanding about what project-based learning was, because there can be a bit of a, a mismatch something um, sometimes around what project-based learning is and what the benefits are. And then we've moved on to that sort of deeper dive sessions that CERC have been delivering for us, really to, to give the teachers the chance to really talk through the project, how the process will work, um, how they will do that, um, with with all of their students regardless of this level you know from level one right up to sort of the advanced level three um, and as a college what we're, we're committed to obviously which is something i'm leading on is making sure that we have that project-based learning approach not just within one faculty of the health area but also from induction wider across sunderland college and that's really what the circ sort of collaboration and training has allowed us to do and explore that's fantastic, Judith. Yeah, you, you can't find a more enthusiastic set of proponents for project-based learning in FE than our colleagues at CERC. Um, Laura, you, you've had a chance to spend some time with one of our other um, Edge Future Learning Leaders XP uh, Trust in Doncaster and to pick up a different one of their practices, around, which is called CREW. Uh, do you want to say a little bit about uh, how, what you've been doing there? Yeah, I'd say that, excuse me, I'd say that CREW has been probably one of the most immediately impactful things that we've done. Um, we, as you say, we first saw that in XP in Doncaster and we, um, my colleagues and I, Catherine and, and Nick, we were driving back from Doncaster up the A1 and we have to do this, we have to make this happen, it's just incredible. Um, so we have, we launched it with our year 10 students, so that's the first year group, that's the kind of first cohort, they, they join us in year 10. Um, and we have um, kind of small groups with between one and two members of staff as a crew leader, um, anywhere between sort of 16 and 20 students in a crew. Um, and they meet for 15 minutes every morning um, when they do the kind of usual sort of registration routines, giving out any messages, kind of checking up on things. But then we also kind of dedicated some curriculum time to it as well. So we have um, two one hour sessions throughout the week. Um, and those sessions are focused on all sorts of, of, of different things from um, kind of building, building a portfolio of evidence towards how they've met kind of all of the different areas of the student leader profile and um, kind of additional skills building activities and um, some of those professional and career experiences that we were kind of striving to deliver for our students um, happen through crew time and um, then they get lots of time to actually ref reflect um, on all of the experiences that they've had and all of the things that they've done and um, kind of look at look at them in relation to our core skills you know what what did I uh, what was I able to develop there and uh, what could I have done better what will I do differently next time and um, kind of all of those kinds of questions and um, we set it up in September this year and kind of launched straight into it really kind of jumped in with both feet um, we in the first week that we've met our year 10 students, we've taken them on an outward bound activity and um, we um, did lots of kind of really team building type events, but aimed around kind of introducing the student leader profile and the core skills. So they did a, a virtual race across the world and um, they did um, kind of a, a, the chase um, where one of the, ch the chasers was one of our um, business partners and um, they did lots of really great activities. And what that was really powerful in doing was creating kind of a really strong team in each crew um, each student got to know that each member of the crew got to know the crew really, really well. They got to know their, their crew leader very, very well. 
Um, it meant that when we went into lockdown, we had a really, really good relationship with our crew and we were able to kind of support them in a much different way to, to how we had the lockdown previously. It meant that we had really good relationships with parents in the crews as well. Um, and just last week, actually, another thing that we kind of pinched from, um, from XP was the, the student-led conference. So just last Wednesday, um, our, our year 10 crew members um, gave student-led conferences where we had their uh, parents attend on Zoom and they gave a presentation to their parents and their crew leader where they kind of went through their, their learning and their progress academically and technically. They went through the skills that they developed. They talked about the experiences that they'd had uh, and their plans for the future. Um, and you know, kind of what they what they wanted to work on and what they want to keep improving, and just an incredibly powerful, um, just mind blowing kind of thing to witness. Really, quite privileged uh, to to have witnessed it, and um, just to see the confidence of our young people. Who I think at age fourteen, I'm not sure that I would have been very confident to stand up in front of my parents and give a presentation like that. Um, but they were they just kind of really stepped up to the stepped up to the challenge and, and really blew us away. Um, and like we mentioned previously, we had all of the scaffolds and we had kind of all of the support in place kind of in the six weeks really running up to that to that moment. We had some very nervous students on the day, but they all did amazingly well. Thank you, Laura. Beautifully put and lovely to see that kind of coming into action and also how how, how it helped during lockdown as well. Um, Judith, we've been treated to uh, a white paper from government recently uh, on the kind of future of FE. And it just struck me while you were talking that a lot of the practice that you've been talking about actually fits really well with that. The kind of the idea of college business centres kind of links really closely to what you were talking about. Uh, the kind of idea of colleges as anchor institutions in their community. Do you just want to reflect on, on kind of uh, for, for other college colleagues who might be listening on how this might help to kind of take forward? Yes, some certainly. Of those and I think for from a college perspective, um, I think it's being really honest with yourself and really reflecting on, yes, you may have employer engagement, and but how, how much of an influence does it really have in the classroom? How much of an influence does it really have to the students? And I think that would be something where you can then take it to that next level with, with that real meaningful, sustainable employer engagement that definitely is that two-way relationship. I know as our college, again, it's being really confident that you that you know that you can meet the needs of your region as far as sort of the technical skills priority areas and, and actually that collaboration and working together um, can really create that talent pool um, that, that really can have meaningful relationships from for all students, regardless of background, um, but then also um, making that economic difference and um, skills difference to the region. That's fantastic. And I just wanted to finish really just by thinking about how we can kind of continue to spread this practice now, uh, both uh, the UTC South Durham and Sunderland College and, and the broader college group are really key parts of our work in this. Uh, you've been kind of taking on board these practices, but I know you've also already started to share with others. Um, so, so Laura, what, what do you what would be your kind of uh, message to other schools who might be interested in kind of taking on some of these practices? Um, I think it's, it's about being really open minded to it, as Judith said. Um, it, the kind of the white paper has has kind of started to get people prickling a little bit around this area. Um, I know that we've had um, we've had a, a battle in some ways to kind of get get some of our team members on board to go. This is a really good thing. Come on, we've you know we've seen it in in 
uh, my, well, my colleague Catherine had seen it in Nashville, we'd seen it in XP, I'd seen it in School 21 um, in London, and just kind of um, just ex having a look at what's going on out there, there are really, really great things already happening in this country um, and, and kind of making people as aware of those as possible um, to get people out of that headspace of, um, well, we've, we've just got to teach these kids how to pass these exams and that's what we do in school and um, making sure that we can kind of redress the balance really of what, what education needs to be about. Um, we've kind of already been kind of working with some schools in, in, in Aberdeen who were kind of starting on their Ford NGL journey. Um, I hope that we can start working with some more of the, the kind of UTCs across the, the network across the country. Um, I know that some of them have already got little bits of elements of project-based learning, again, through the industry projects. But just going, just picking up on something that Judith said there, it's, it, they're great and they're really, really powerful, but let's let's see if we can embed that power um, through the curriculum and let's see if we can keep that really sustainable across the delivery of all of the subject content um, and make it really, really relevant for the students. Fantastic. Thank you, Laura. And Judith, you've already started to spread this to another one of the colleges in your group, haven't you? Yeah, so Sunderland College is part of Education Partnership Northeast. So we're a Northeast Regional College and um, recently merged in 2019 with Northumberland College. So again, up the up the um, further north along the Northumberland coast. Um, and the Ford NGL programme is now at the early stages of being expanded up into Northumberland College, which is just so, so fantastic to see. Um, and that real sort of, again, that, that collaboration across the Northeast region, where um, obviously the skills priorities may be different because they obviously have um, a, a different sort of community. But there is some synergy as well um, and knowing then from an educational perspective we have curriculum teams who who can really collaborate and work together and learn from each other it's not a case of Sunderland College just telling our our colleagues up at Northumberland College what to do it's really they're starting their process but knowing actually they have seen some benefits at Sunderland College and, and how that can work from that side um, and as a region again I think hearing the the good practice and what difference it's made from the the Sunderland College perspective is then really powerful from a from a community perspective to see actually let's get behind this we you know it's time to do something different and um, to really develop and holistically look at um, the development of a student and education as a holistic view um, and see what that can really do to our wider northeast community I love it. Thank you very much, Judith. I'm glad you finished on that word community because I think that just links nicely on to, you know, we're, we're really trying through our Edge Future Learning work to build this community that, that brings together people who've started on their journey really well, international partners and those who are just interested and want to take that first step. So uh, if you've listened to this and you think, oh, this sounds great. I want some of this for my school, for my college. Uh, come along to our website, come to one of our training events. They're free to, to have an introduction to this area. Uh, and you may well find yourself visiting or talking to one of our amazing colleagues like Judith or Laura uh, or her colleague Catherine from UTC South Durham. So, uh, so Judith, Laura, huge thanks for your time today. It's absolutely great talking to you uh, and we'll look forward to continuing this exciting work with you.